0: Greetings, everyone! It is now time for Mark Safe. Tales of your very favorite and most beloved disasters. On Mark Safe, we discuss events and details that some may find
1: disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly and stay safe. And now, here with your hosts, Brienne and Melanie. This is Mark Safe. Hello. Hey, bestie. How you doing? Well, I'm doing okay, but um we may be having a pillow throwing situation today. So, if you hear snoring in the background, my poor dear girlfriend is very very sick. Um so I was going to oh, tell you no. earlier, and then I was like, actually, I should disclaimer this in general. Um, She is sick and she's in bed and she's like, maybe I should get up and drink a monster right before I start recording. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, you're sick. Just relax. Take a nap. she's like, I'm going to be snoring. I'm right by your computer. Um, She's not snoring right now. I don't know if she's awake or not, but I have. Yep. There's there's a. A hand, doing something, a thumb. Yeah, she's awake, um, but I doubt she will be for long. So I have a pile of soft projectiles next to me. (laughs) So if you hear snoring and I don't hear snoring, tell me and I will launch a squishmallow at her. I'm not going to do that. You're not going
0: to do that. No, it's ambiance. She's sick. It's ambiance. (laughs)
1: Snoring is welcome. Snoring is welcome. All right. Per Melanie, you heard it here, guys. If there's snoring left in this, and you don't like it, blame Melanie. Because I've I'm ready with uh, an arsenal here.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if like she only snored during like boring
1: parts? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that like a laugh track, like a reverse laugh track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Okay. So that's that's my disclaimer today. Do you want to jump into brackets?
0: Yeah, let's do it okay um well first we're a little behind on this um but yes we have our winner for our last bracket which was um theme songs Mm -hmm. and the winner for that was Lindsay noble Lindsay killed it yep so i will get that together dm me your address or i'll
1: reach out to you and uh, we'll get that sent your way hell yeah Let us know Uh, what chaos Melanie sends, because I don't even know in advance, usually. (laughs) I find out when somebody does the most unhinged unboxing imaginable.
0: (laughs) All right. So this week for our nonsense, uh, can't even talk nonsense. This is where the snoring would uh, be really good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we've lost her yet. (laughs) All right,
0: so uh, this week for the nonsense bracket is centipede versus Fruit
1: Loops. Okay,
0: <laughs> did AI pair these? I did the little wheel thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can't I love the with wheel of names. I can't with this. There's so much. Okay, unpack it. I don't know if I should. Have it. <laughs> awful okay oh no i can't believe i'm about to talk about this okay
0: you have my undivided attention
1: okay so um one thing that i don't think that we know about that everyone knows about this bracket is that all of you made your submissions and then the person who's who came up with the idea for the nonsense bracket my darling friend corinne um we let her decide which ones made it into the bracket and then randomized what order because she's going through some shit the whole cool idea was her idea and we're like you know what how the fuck are we going to get this down in any cohesive way let's let corinne do it that would be fun so that's how we got here that's that's the backstory here normally the choice here is obvious Fuck a centipede. Fruit Loops, not my favorite cereal, but perfectly fine. This should be straightforward. However, I know for a fact that the second, the second one, the Fruit Loop one, it is in there maliciously, because <laughs> she, my, why is she my my dear beloved best friend? As I say this, I don't know. She has a cursed image saved to her phone that I will not even touch upon for so no, many reasons. No, I need to know you don't want to see it no you don't
0: yes i do no Let's, you don't i'm okay. asking her right now
1: all i'm gonna say you're gonna regret it all i'm gonna say is that imagine if party till you prolapse and fruit loops had an unholy baby she sends it to me sometimes when she wants to ruin my fucking day it involves fruit loops fruit loops theoretically i want to pick that but i feel like there's a real double meaning here
0: <laughs> okay hold on
1: it should say fruit loops in parentheses maliciously.
0: I just messaged her. Hopefully she's online. You're going to regret that, Melanie. I just said, I need the Fruit Loop picture. She'll know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, I
1: 100% guarantee you that she will, yes. But for those of you who are aware that Corinne is in Horrible goals and who are also in Horrible goals, I cannot recommend strongly enough that you not do the same. There's no content warning strong enough. She saw it, she saw my message. Yeah, get ready. I'm Uh-oh. sorry. Uh-huh. The dot Uh-oh. dot dot.
0: The dot dot dot. She goes, "Are you sure you want it?" <laughs> Are you? I wrote, "Yeah. What have I gotten myself into?" Something really bad. Just we got to wait a minute. The the dot dot dots that just wiggle
1: while you wait. I'm so sorry for what you're about to see. And Erin says, "OMG, are you going to show her the Fruit Loops? She already knows."
0: Okay, here we go. Oh my! Uh huh.
1: Okay. You know what? You yeah. sound like you sound like Rose looking through Jack's sketchbook right now. <laughs> oh.
0: That is a. Uh, that's definitely something
1: you asked for. That.
0: You know what? I'm. I'm not entirely you know i'm not bothered by it
1: am i wrong that it is what would happen if you brought fruit loops to the prolapse party yeah 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 so you know what i really that's i know exactly that's what that means by fruit loops so i'm i'm at an impasse here (laughs) i mean which are horrifying and have been a problem in my life recently also um and and they're bad and they're gross, but they do eat other harmful insects or Fruit Loops. But I know damn well how she means that. She just messaged back, "Welcome to the club." <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but you know what? I don't. I, I'm not going to indulge her. I'm going to say Fruit Loops in in the normal way. Fruit Loops in a wholesome way, Melanie. Yeah, but that's no. not what came to she mind. Can, she, you know what?
0: She Are can't. you taking
1: Froot Loops back? Yes, <laughs> <I'm> reclaiming <laughs> my Froot Loops. <laughs> she can't have this. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, Froot Loops. It is, I guess. Froot Loops with trepidation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she just sent it to me and said, "In case you forgot." Cool. 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 Oh. <laughs> I hate my friend <laughs> Ugh. Friends like this, who needs enemies? Okay, you, p- you picked us. You picked I, us. I did, and you guys all get along so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, would you like to tell us a tale of woe? Yes, I would. You've been you've been prepping me in our our messenger thread that this yeah. is going to be grim and depressing and Christmassy. Yeah, Yay. I'm going to do orcas. Oh no, I'm not, Brian. <laughs> oh. I was trying so hard. I was like, okay, okay, this is the episode no one asked for. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Melanie's run out of fucks. Okay, I gotta I gotta go down with the ship.
0: Just cause you uh. You called dibs on it. I thought I'd fuck with you a little bit this week. Yes,
1: I did recently call dibs on orcas versus yachts. Uh, if you're not aware, I was not aware until I saw a standard routine about it, and I was like, "Well, that's my next episode." When I finish, recalled toys. Uh, so we'll see if there's actually an episode in it. But if there is, it's mine, mine, yes. mine. Yes, so, I'm not sorry. Do this or- could have been an orca episode if I hadn't peed on it first, guys.
0: Yeah, this was a uh, one of those uh, episodes where I was like. Did I cover this before?
1: It's not Italian Hall, is it? Although, to be fair, we could redo it and that would be fine.
0: (laughs) It's definitely not Italian Hall, but same vein. Okay,
1: I'm ready. Yeah.
0: Um, So, yeah, it's a very Melanie episode. Uh, An old-timey Christmas disaster. Uh, Check your content warnings. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) All right. So the residents in Babswich, Oklahoma, were gearing up for the holidays. The small town's entertainment committee, led by school teacher Mrs. Florence Terry Hill, decided to hold, quote, the largest yuletide affair ever held by the community, with the result that all the countryside was
1: attracted. So they wanted to bring all the peoples. Bringing unusual amounts of people together in one place that does not typically house that many people always goes well.
0: Yes. So the festivities, um, which shall be housed, was going to be in their schoolhouse. This is your typical old timey one room schoolhouse.
1: Not a death trap at all. No. No. So the small- I don't have any idea where this is going, but I just, knowing your episode history, <laughs> I have so <laughs> many guesses.
0: The small building with a floor plan measuring only 20 by 36 feet had a shingled roof and the ceiling and walls were made with matched pine lumber that had recently been painted. Inside, fifty cast iron frame single seat desks with wood tops were bolted to the floor in four rows with five narrow aisles running the length of the school. The bolted desks. We did this in um, Our Lady of Angels, I think it was. Mm-hmm. That does
1: ring a bell. Yeah. Um, the that teachers. Was he just loved fire trucks? Wasn't
0: it? It might have been. I think it was. It was. Yeah. yeah. The teacher's wooden desk and swivel chair sat on a raised platform eight inches above the floor. Figuring there would be about 100 people in attendance, the planners brought in extra chairs, completely filling in the aisles between the school desks. And of course, you cannot have a Christmas party without a Christmas tree. The Christmas tree that was brought in was, quote, trimmed with cotton.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. So, oh, I, this is a fire that kills a bunch of kids, huh?
0: It sure is. Oh,
1: fun. Um,
0: I've never heard of a tree trimmed with cotton. Um, yeah,
1: that's unconventional.
0: Yeah, I couldn't find anything a hundred percent on it. Um, it seems like it's like how they used to flock trees. Hmm. I guess. Um, according to historians, the practice of flocking likely began in Germany in the 19th century when people would add cotton balls or shredded paper to their trees to give them the snow-dusted appearance. Interesting. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Either way, it was trimmed with cotton, had tinsel, paper decorations, and it was lit like they used to do with some small wax candles. <sighs>
1: How this, like, how, did, how was this okay for a while? I don't even understand. For that a feels, long time. It just feels like it would be like an instantaneous fire.
0: <laughs> yes. So between 200 and 250 people, far more than what was expected, arrived to the Bab Switch School at eight o'clock that evening for the party. About an hour later, Santa arrived to the crowded schoolhouse to pass out candy and presents to the excited children. Santa was played by 16-year-old Dow Bolding, who was dressed in a quote, cotton trimmed suit with cotton and tinsel and wearing cotton whiskers. This is a lot of cotton. So much cotton.
1: The fabric yeah. of our lives. Oof. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> After about 30 minutes of passing out presents, Dow began pulling smaller ones from the tree. Reaching for a present that was tucked near the top of the tree. Dow accidentally pulled down a branch and it came in contact with a lighted candle. Oh, no. The branch immediately ignited. There's lots of reports, um, like in the clippings in the old clip newspaper clippings that said that um, when this happened, people were like joking, like don't catch on fire, Santa. <sighs>
1: that didn't age well.
0: No. So, Dow tried to extinguish it, but he just couldn't reach the branch. And I'm not entirely sure why he did this. Panic, probably. But he then picked up a small wooden toy chair and he threw it at the branch. This only made things worse. The chair smashed into a nearby oil lamp and it exploded.
1: Jesus. Seeing the fire. This is like one of those infomercials where somebody's just like tripping and, and like they, you know, drop an iron and it falls and starts a fire which, you know, throws a fucking fireball at some dishes and they break and then you slip in some water. Like yes. one of those just chain of events, everything goes wrong infomercials.
0: Yes, absolutely. So he try, he takes off his Santa coat and he tries to smother it with a coat full of cotton, doesn't work, catches fire. So then there's a curtain behind the tree. So he pulls down this curtain to again, like try to smother the flames. But as he did, the curtain topples the burning tree onto him, <sighs> setting him along with anyone near him on fire. Oh my God. The blaze intensified quickly. Um, because the ceiling had just prior to the event, um, had been recently painted with white oil paint a flash fire spread quickly over its surface within two minutes the entire
1: building was engulfed was there any single object in this building that wasn't massively flammable no no just not even one
0: not one the panicked crowd tried desperately to get out of the building some children who were taught in school to crawl to the exit during a fire would become trampled by those who remained upright, which is horrifying.
1: Awful. And can you imagine for those kids?
0: They're just doing what they were taught, you know?
1: Like, Can you imagine what they – that would be so heavy to live with. It's so not their fault, but that would be so heavy to live with. Yeah.
0: The obstacles were endless. Although there were seven large windows on the schoolhouse, they were all covered with galvanized wire security screens bolted onto iron frames. Glass shattered from each window and the heavy winter winds outside only fanned the flames more. Additionally, the front door only swung inward and this door often would get so jammed up on the wooden floors that you had to use like incredible force to get it open. And when you did, it still didn't open all the way. Wow. Andrew Jackson said it was a roaring hell. The windows were heavily screened and only the three foot door was available for exit. I could hear screaming and moaning with pain as I desperately tried to pull some of them through the door. There was so many trying to get out at once that I could only pull three or four out. The building was alive with flames, and it burned so quickly. Jesus, alive with flames.
1: What a phrase. Yeah. That's horrifying.
0: Someone was able to pry off the corner of one of the windows security screen, but it was reported that only one small boy was able to be rescued from it. People were struggling to exit through the front door still. Quote, some of those who escaped through the narrow doorway endeavored to re-enter the building with the intention of rescuing relatives or friends, which caused a complete blocking of the only exit. So you have people trying to get out and people trying to get back in. It's a fucking mess. (sighs) Twelve minutes after the fire started, the Babs Switch schoolhouse completely collapsed, killing everyone that remained trapped inside. Oh, no. Do you know how many that was? Yeah, we'll get there. Okay. Because the community did not have a hospital or ambulances for that matter, those who survived took the injured in their personal vehicles to a nearby town of Hobart to be cared for. But even that proved to be difficult for many. Quote, car radiators had been drained to keep them from freezing while their owners were at the program. When those who were able to drive started for Hobart to get help, Many had forgotten to put water back into the radiators, causing oh a delay. That, okay, uh, huh? Was that a thing? Like, I guess so. Yeah. Holy shit. Um, I found this uh, in an old clipping. It said said, um, causing a delay when the motors got hot and stops had to be made at homes along the road to get water. Wow. Like, very, very old-timey. Like, we're 1924, so. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Every doctor, nurse, and volunteer available worked through the night to care for the injured. Back at the schoolhouse, recovery of the dead was at a standstill because there was no water around to cool the embers. I like, can't fucking mm. imagine, like, that weight, you know? No. When the victims were eventually recovered, identification proved difficult. Ultimately, 33 bodies were removed from the collapsed school. Three people would later die of their injuries, raising the death toll to 36, oh, half of them children.
1: Melanie, why'd you do
0: this to me? I really try to keep the graphic stuff out this this week. <coughs> trust me, there was a lot of editing on this one.
1: This is horrible.
0: Yeah. Many, many more, obviously, as these things go, were severely burned and injured. There was one missing person, but we'll get to that in just here in a little bit. I know we've talked about this. I know we did in Aunt Veda's uh, episode. I wanted to include this because, um, once again, I love the old-timey articles, and I thought this was neat that it was actually reported on. Um, Souvenir hunters.
1: Oh, wow. We Um, did talk about this a lot in Aunt Veda's episode.
0: Yeah. So I found one clipping. um, It read, Souvenir hunters have all but removed debris of the Bab schoolhouse. Hundreds of persons who visited the scene carried away charred and broken bits of furniture, bolts, nails, and pieces of heavy window screen, which prevented the escape of the frenzy's celebrators from distant points in the state have come the curious to gaze upon the jagged building outline and the scattered ashes, each carried away some memento.
1: No, man, that ain't it. We got to be ethical goals. I can't imagine
0: the day after Christmas, or any time for that matter, driving across your state.
1: Imagine you go down there and you're one of the parents and that's, the, the tomfoolery afoot. Yes. I'd beat some ass. It's fucking weird. I don't know. I'm not a violent woman, but I would beat some ass over that. I mean,
0: don't get me wrong. I like... um I don't even know how to say this. Like, there's some mementos I like. Like, I have the dirt from the Corvette
1: Museum. First of all, nobody was killed in the Corvette Museum. That's completely exactly. different. Yeah. Second of all, let the freaking building get cold first. Exactly. I exactly. mean, if you go back years later and you're not being exploitative, maybe there could be a circumstance. But, like, the following week is not the time.
0: Oh, no, it wasn't if, the following the oh, well, week. It was, like, the so this happened Christmas Eve. They came back the day after Christmas. Okay. See,
1: that's kind of what I thought. I was being a little bit generous in that phrasing. Yeah, no. That's read the room.
0: <laughs> read the fucking room. The Babswich Fire, um, as these disasters do, changed regulations. The state of Oklahoma passed the Fox Bill, which increased fire safety requirements for schools. This law required all schools to have a minimum of two doors and all doors were required to open outward. Any window screens had to be made removable from the inside, and schools had to keep fire extinguishers on the premises. And you will love this part. I, I love this part. Because normally they, they make these laws, and it's like whatever you get grandfathered in. We've talked about this too. Um, they actually sent copies of the law to every school official in the state. So no one could be like,
1: I wow. didn't know. Man, like, they were not messing around for they once. Were,
0: yeah, they were not messing around. Damn, that's cool. All right. So I know I kind of went through that disaster really fast because, like I said, I did some editing. It was really depressing. Um, but I want to get to the missing person because I thought this was really fascinating. So that person was three-year-old Mary Elizabeth Eden. Rescued from the fire was her Aunt Alice. And she said that she had actually passed Mary out of a window to safety, which remember, it's reported that only one
1: person was able mm-hmm, to, to be, be rescued pa- through the window. Right. Yeah, And wasn't it a boy? Yes. Okay.
0: Um, But Aunt Alice, she was like insistent. She passed mary off she didn't get a look at good look at the person she didn't know who the person was but she no she swore mary was out of that building interesting yeah
1: the plot thickens
0: yes so aunt alice would actually pass away two days later from her injuries and the mystery of mary's disappearance gave her family like hope that she might still be alive the area around the schoolhouse was searched, but Mary was never found. Her parents, Lewis and Ethel Edens, believed that their daughter had been abducted during oh the chaos gosh. of the fire.
1: Okay, I nice? don't want to give anyone any ideas, but I'm surprised that kind of thing doesn't happen more. I'm sure Like it does. opportunistic things. There is a story. I'm going to cover this someday. I haven't for reasons that will soon become apparent. Um, I remember reading a story years ago about a woman who disappeared during 9 11. That one is
0: fascinating.
1: Yes. And it was, I don't remember much about it or what the theory was, but I remember she was like a youngish, kind of dark-complected, very pretty woman. Um, and she had just disappeared kind of amid things, but there was strong reason to think that she wasn't killed in the towers. And I'm honestly so surprised that there aren't, you don't hear that more. Right what if people are just getting away with it? What if it happens all the fucking time? They're just starting over, you know? Yeah. Or I mean, whether it's people disappearing voluntarily because they want to, or Or being opportunistic abductions, kind of thing like that. I I wonder, I mean, it's bound to be unreported. That's the whole point. Yeah.
0: So Lewis and Edith, they believe that she's abducted. They spend over 30 years looking for their daughter. They hire private detectives, But anytime a lead comes up, like it's just, it's another dead end. Fast forward to September 23rd, 1956. After the rebuilt Babs Memorial School was sold for auction, a newspaper article about its history made a national circuit and it wound up in the hands of a man named Elmett Place. Elmet, what a name! You don't hear names like that anymore. There's, there's some fucking good names in this. <laughs> um, Elmet was the district governor of the Lions Club in San Bernardino, California. He was immediately drawn to this story about the disappearance of Mary, and he was absolutely convinced that his best buddy Grace was in fact the missing girl. Really? Mm-hmm. From Oklahoma all the way to California. So Grace had confided with Elmet um that she wasn't convinced her family was her family like biologically like it just she I've seen it mentioned like she it didn't feel like home to her hmm. which is a weird phrasing I don't know. Yeah. So you get the Lions clubs all over. They're all, you know. So Elmet he reaches out to another Lions club member named Wayne Fight asking if he can get more information on the Edens. So Wayne reaches out to Betty Reynolds. Now Betty was Mary's sister, but she was born after the Bad switch fire. She had grown up watching her parents desperately search for her sister. Wayne gets in touch with her. And so he writes back to Elma after his meeting with her. And it reads in part Mrs. Reynolds asked me not to contact her parents because they have only recently closed a similar case where another girl matched the description perfectly, and their hopes were built up that the long search had ended, only to find by blood tests that they were wrong again. Mm -hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Eden have carried on a constant search since the night of the tragedy. They've had detectives working on this case off and on since that date. They have turned up many finds that they thought were the real thing until some small detail dissolved the whole case. So Betty's, like, protecting her parents,
1: you Great. know? But, I mean, it's – it's, gosh, I don't know because it's like if they've continued the search for all this time, I mean, what's the point if you're not going to follow up on potential leads? But, I mean, I, certainly not my business. I'm not in the situation to know what a person would want to do. But it's like – I mean, if they're looking, though – Okay,
0: hold that thought, because okay. <laughs> I, I want to hear your opinion on that, because okay. this comes up again, all right? Okay. So, Betty and her other sister, Etta Henderson, they start comparing, unbeknownst to their parents, childhood pictures of Grace to pictures that they had of Mary, and they thought that the resemblance was uncanny eventually the sisters become convinced that she is the missing child so grace decides to take a blood test what oh my god i'm so invested in this yeah so listen this is the 19- late 1950s it's not ancestry or 23andme yeah
1: i'm like what is the what is the blood test level so the at that the blood point.
0: test only proved that grace reynolds had the same blood type as the Edens, okay. Well, that's that, it. That's nothing, though. It's very broad, I mean, right? Yeah, but it wasn't just the blood test that convinced Edens that Grace was Mary. Mary had a very distinct scar on the arch of her right foot after stepping on a nail when she was two years old. Grace, Listen. Uh-huh. really? Mm-hmm. Grace also had a similar scar in the same place. Did she
1: have a story about how she got it, or do you know? She didn't remember. Huh. I mean, not that you would necessarily... What? So, I mean, whatever it was had to have been obtained before, you know, probably four or five years old. I would think if you got an injury significant enough to leave a major scar after maybe five, you'd probably remember it. Right, right. Ah! Isn't it crazy? Yes! So,
0: on February 9th, 1957... Happy birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) Um, Grace and the Edens meet. And the reunion, obviously, it makes national news. The family would go on to appear on the popular TV show House Party, which I – Message you about you did. I was like time capsule buddy. <laughs> do
1: you know art Because the, the only pop culture, the only pop culture references I know are from the fifties through seventies.
0: <laughs> um He what's that show? Uh, Kids say the darndest things. That, yeah, that's the guy. But house party, yeah, I've, I've never heard of it. Yeah,
1: you definitely. When you told me earlier, you're like, I know he did. Kids say the darndest things. It's, it said darkest things. Oh, darkest. And I was like, this this feels like foreshadowing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my kids do say the darkest oh, things. Oh, so does mine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Josie's been saying some off-the-wall crazy stuff. Sassy stuff lately. Mm. Cracks me up. Um, So the family and Grace, uh, they go on this television show. And what happens is a lot of people are like, Uh, no grace is lying like yeah they're like this is this isn't this is not happening on february 19th 1957 10 days after the program the editor of the hobart democrat chief newspaper got a telegram from a paper in stockton california claiming the edians weren't grace reynolds parents
1: okay just first of all tell me right now are we gonna get resolution on this because i need to know if i'm watching unsolved mysteries or forensic files i'm not telling you any okay but when you turn one of those on it's not a surprise you know which you're watching you don't know how it's gonna play out but you know if you're gonna get an answer or not
0: (laughs) um what kind of mood am i in today
1: goblin chaos maybe i you're you're in the fruit loop club now so not a good one probably <laughs> well since you can't claim the fruit loops back i'll tell you
0: there is no resolution oh god bless it melanie okay but the drama there's drama. yeah no i, I
1: still want to hear the drama i just need to know which what i'm watching an episode of here <laughs> okay I so have, it's unsolved mysteries but i still want to watch it continue i
0: have opinions
1: I'm sure I do too.
0: Carry on. They're unethical opinions, but I feel like there could be a resolution. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so the telegram reads confidential have information. Grace Reynolds representing self as daughter of Mr. and Mrs. L E Edens, your city, maybe imposter. Believe her to be daughter of Mrs. Goldie Thomas and former husband, Tom Gaither. Please give additional details means of identification, financial circumstances of the Edens. We will exchange our information for anything more you can provide on this case. Can you imagine
1: receiving that? The the absolute drama of this. Yes. I mean, this is an entire soap opera. Mm Mm-hmm. And then a couple days later, a
0: woman named Dorothy Link had seen the news stories about Grace and the Edens. So she called up the record in Stockton to say that Grace was actually her real sister. She wasn't Mary. She was like, that's my sister, Grace. Grace is doing stuff.
1: Grace is, yeah. I mean, we've all, we've all got a relative like that that would say, oh, so-and-so's doing stuff again. They're
0: at it again.
1: Yep. Back on her bullshit.
0: So, this was enough for reporter Eugene Kuhn to do some digging of his own. He found Grace's likely mother was, in fact, Goldie Thomas, um, and he reached out to her and got a notarized statement saying so. It read, I hereby certified that Grace Leona Reynolds is my lawful daughter. She was born July 11th, 1923, on a farm near a cotton plant. Woodruff County, Arkansas.
1: I don't feel like that's how certifying actually works, though.
0: Yeah. So if this were true, Grace would have actually been two years younger than Mary. Mm-hmm.
1: This is where it gets. But a little... I mean, her parents or you know potential parents would say that either way, would they not? Because they're either kidnappers or her parents.
0: Yes, and that's like, are they the ones that we're going to trust on this? <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So. It gets a little messy, more drama. So Dorothy Link, the Grace's alleged sister, right?
1: hmm
0: Grace married Dorothy's ex-husband. Bro. Yeah. This is messy. <laughs> it is so messy. So the reporter was like, Well, maybe Dorothy is just like super pissed. About this, and she's just
1: trying to like, okay, which would be understandable,
0: like take her down. I'm yeah. not even mad at that. But a an- their other sister, alleged sister, like because it's Dorothy, and then there's Inez Collins, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They they both claim that Grace is their sister. She writes Dorothy a letter, and
1: I put this in here because I think you would love it. I'm sure I would. Family tea. Oh, absolutely. I did not think there was going to be that in this episode, but I am so happy for it.
0: So Inez writes to Dorothy, what do you think of Sister Grace now? New name, new family, money? She should be pretty well happy, don't you think? That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard of. I'd like to punch her in the nose. Oh, damn. (laughs) Damn, they're not holding back. No, they are pissed at Grace. <laughs> so, with all the stuff that Eugene finds, he's, he's like, he's starting to become convinced. Grace is not Mary, right?
1: I mean, um, I'm not totally convinced of that.
0: Because, like, so, my thing
1: is, okay, first of all, do these siblings know that? Just because they're like, yeah, I grew up with her. Does that mean she wasn't kidnapped as a baby? Did you watch her come out? Right. Second of all, okay, so the parents say it's not her? Cool. Third of all, so she may or may not be a problematic and dishonest person. Sure, I'll, I'll accept that. But, okay, so you get kidnapped from a school fire as a toddler, basically, you're gonna have issues. Right. You're going to, I mean, even if that is what happened, you may be a person like she may be somebody who is always on her bullshit. And the two who grew up with her are like, oh, there she is always on her bullshit. But that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Both things could be true.
0: Yeah. So Eugene's like, he does what he's supposed to do. And he is like, I'm going to, I'm going to confront Grace with all my discoveries um, before publishing this story. It's what you should do. You reach sure. out to all parties. Certainly. Grace did not want to meet up with Eugene. In a telegram, Eugene wrote back to his paper that Grace, quote, plans cons- to consult attorney before making statement. Quote, okay, well, I can't that's smart. Yeah. Quote, I can't make any sort of statement at the present time, she said. Ask whether she persists in claim she's Eden's daughter, replied, I'm not claiming nothing yet.
1: Okay, well, that's a little weird.
0: Mm -hmm. Hold story until Wednesday. May hear from her tomorrow. That last line is weird. It is. Yes. So, even with the so-called damning evidence that Grace was, in fact, not Mary Eden. I don't think there's any evidence other than
1: some people saying... Talking, yeah. ...some
0: things. The story... There was two papers that were going to publish the story about it. They never get published. So the owner of the Hobart newspaper, a man named Ransom Hancock. Are you kidding me? His name is
1: Ransom. That's perfect.
0: I love it. That's everything. Ransom was personal friends with the Edens. And so he decides that he's going to give them a heads up about the story before publishing it. So he shows the father, Lewis. And Lewis is like, you got to kill this story. Like, you can't publish this.
1: Okay, why not?
0: It wasn't because he didn't believe it. He did believe that Grace was not Mary. Mm -hmm. But his wife, with all her heart, was like, that's
1: my daughter. I mean, just let her have it. That's exactly. Just let her have it. Like, who are you even hurting at that point? He didn't I mean, want to break her heart we, again, you know? Perhaps, like, worst case scenario, I guess, you've got a mother who was less tormented than she was and a con artist who's getting what she wants. Right. Okay. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I don't, If it doesn't sound like there's really any proof that it is her, but it, I don't think there's any proof that it isn't her either. Right. So... Ransom was like, I'm going
0: to kill the story. Like, you're my friend. Like, I get it. Which I think is super cool because he didn't have to do. This This is a juicy story, right? It is. Yeah. So the story was put into his safe where it stayed for more than 40 years. Oh, my gosh. And that was
1: it. Okay. You're going to tell me.
0: Yeah. That was until (laughs) Ransom's son, Joe decided not to let sleeping dogs lie. That's a little shitty of him, maybe. Yeah. He ran the story on the 75th anniversary of the Bab Switch Fire. Lewis and Ethel had since passed away, but Joe did ask permission to publish the story from both of their surviving daughters, Betty and Etta. Okay, well. And Betty and Edda, they at first did believe that Grace was their sister, but like over the years, they were like, this is, this is, she's
1: not her sister. This is not adding up, right? I just wonder like what, I don't know. I just want the details. I want, I want to know exactly what did and didn't resonate for them.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Joe said, quote, we decided that now is the time to tell it. Some of the people here through the years have questioned Grace's story and are suspicious of it. Every time there's been an anniversary, like the 50th, it comes up. It's time to get that missing baby deal put to rest. It's over. Now everybody will know for sure. Hmm. So in response, Grace, who had since changed her name to Mary Eden's Gross Nickel, said, I really don't care what they think. It just bounces off of me. There was too many things that proved out before. She said that her younger sister, um, Betty, was just jealous of uh, the attention that she was getting when she was reunited with the Edens because, I mean, they made national I mean, news. Tricks, yeah. yeah. She said, "My younger sister, she just fully and totally and completely accepted me too, until the new wore off."
1: okay i mean you know i've i've been on about 15 different sides of somewhat similar scenarios with you know family reunifications after adoptions and and just just so many things like this resonate personally (laughs) um what is your opinion on this Uh,
0: okay my opinion Back to unethical. <laughs> okay, yeah, tell me your unethical opinion. So Mary Edens Grossnickle, she passed away in April of 2008. Till the day she died, she claimed she was the real Mary Edens, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Listen, they've all had kids. There's offsprings. Okay, How? I mean... <laughs> I is that even unethical if the people involved – like, somehow this is going to get put together, eventually. Can't we just
0: get some DNA tests done? Easy peasy, yeah. lemon squeezy. I know people – I don't know. I just feel so
1: – Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I I did the whole 23andMe thing with my dad and, you know, surprise siblings and navigating those relationships and stuff. So, like, this story – it it hits home more than one might think for such a wild ass story. Um, What's your gut feeling? My
0: gut feeling. Um, I don't know. There is, there's just, there's so many accusations flying around. Um, You know, the sisters were like, she was embarrassed of her childhood, you know, that she came from a poor family. Mary did write a book in the 80s. Really? I would like to get it. I'd like to get my hands on it. It's 50 bucks. I I don't have that to square away during the holidays. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, You know, because they're just used copies out, you know, so it's hard to be like, was she grifting? Was she trying to make money off of this, like, sensational story? Or, like, is this her truth? I I don't know. Like, the optimist in my heart wants to be like, I hope it's Mary. But then I'm like, well, fuck, that's really shitty that, like, she spent her whole life, like, kidnapped. And, like, her life was yeah. not
1: easy. no. I don't know, man. I mean, they're like, I would really want to know, I mean, all the little details. Because, you know, if you knew every single detail about that case, it would be some little trivial thing that clinched it for you. Right. That would be like, okay, you know what? You can't, you, that, no, there's no squaring that away. I can't reconcile that. Because of that, I think it's this. And I mean, who knows what that thing would be. I In either think, direction. My I gut do thinks think it's the her. scar
0: yeah, is bananas. My,
1: my my gut feeling thinks it's her. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like, my kid also has a distinctive scar and I keep thinking about it. And I'm like, I would know that. I would always know that. There's no way. And then it's like, you know, the father
0: doesn't believe it, but the mother does. And I, I feel like there is being a mother, like you, you, you mm-hmm. have that connection.
1: Yeah. See and I'm I'm stuck on that too because I'm like would you know if you didn't see your child for many years and they were a toddler you know would you look at them and know I I mean, obviously, as a mother, you want the answer to be absolutely no matter what. Right. That's probably not true.
0: But remember, there was photographs. She had childhood photographs.
1: Yeah, but I don't think that you could reliably match a person to their childhood pictures with that much accuracy. I mean, some people... Between
0: two children's pictures? Oh, okay. They compared Grace's childhood photos, which would only be you know, a year or two off from Mary's like, and it was the same. I mean, surely you would. Yeah. Cause Betty and her sister, you know, they were the first that the parents didn't know about it first. Betty, who's like, okay, you know, she's not my sister now. She's the one that, that got this ball rolling. She's like, okay, I believe it. Yeah. They,
1: they look the same, you know? I kind of think it's her. But I mean, I just I want to know every single little last trivial detail.
0: One day I'll come into some extra money and I'll get a book. (laughs) We'll do an audible
1: version of it. I don't know. You think it's her? That's crazy. I I mean, I don't know. But I think my pet theory is yes. But I want to know more. I feel like I'm going to fall down a rabbit hole about this. I love when we do an episode and then I end up. Reading about that episode because <laughs> I want more. Yeah,
0: so that is uh, that's the Bab Switch oh Fire.
1: Gosh, it feels like the fire was just a prologue. Yeah, I mean a horrific prologue, but it feels like that was the setup for the story. It's funny because I
0: found the Bab Switch, and the Mary Edens was the rabbit hole for me. So yeah, I edited I out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because you mentioned there being a rabbit hole that you wanted to spend more time on. And then as soon as you started on that, I was like, there's the rabbit hole. And it was better than I imagined it might be. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Was so good with that.
0: So the the school was rebuilt. Um, it's no longer there. That's been torn down. Um, they do have, uh, I, I believe they have like a, a headstone out there um, with the victims' names and everything, like a little park bench and stuff. Yeah.
1: Bananas. That is so sad, but that the subplot is the most fascinating thing I've heard in a long time. I feel like I would listened to a a long-form, multi-part, deep-dive podcast just on that.
0: So, disaster relief?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Alright, I can go first since you've been telling us terrible things for an hour. Um, I am incredibly late to the bandwagon on this, but I have just now um joined the wordle cult. <laughs> oh my, you are late. I am very 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 late and I always thought it looked so stupid and to be honest, I always found it rather annoying when people post their shit on Facebook. I mean, it's whatever, but I always kind of roll my eyes. Um and I never had any interest, but I do do the New Yorks uh, New York Times crossword puzzle every day and I was in the car with my kid the other day. Um Taking her to an Ethiopian restaurant. That was an experience. Restaurant was fun. Kid at the restaurant. A little iffy. Um, And we start looking at the little mini games under the crossword puzzle. And there's like spelling bee and connections in Sudoku. Wordle. Okay. Wow. I tried it to make her stop talking for a minute. And that is (laughs) addictive. Yes. That is unnecessarily fun. I'm bothered by it. And now I've got a streak and I can't stop. <laughs> now, now I'm on a five day streak, and yeah, yeah. Oh, can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Not about to stop. I love Wordle. Yeah. So mine is uh, short, sweet, and to the point. I didn't know that I love Wordle, but apparently I do. What is yours?
0: <laughs> mine has to do with words too. I messaged you the other day. It's gonna edge me, um, but for the longest time. Um, I have been trying to figure out this computer game. So when I was in kindergarten, uh, I had this awesome teacher, Mrs. White. I think she probably recognized um, like how shitty my home life was. Um, they had a Commodore 64 in our classroom and I would always she would always give me extra time playing this game. And I have the mental picture of what it is. I could not fucking find it. So the other day I was like, well, it's around 1986. Let's just kind of go through like old school games. And I fucking found it. And I couldn't believe I found it. And there's YouTubes of people playing this game. It's called Cave of the Word Wizard.
1: Dude, I can only imagine how satisfying that moment was.
0: It was so good, my kid. It was really neat because I got to, you know, tell my kids. My kids came, sat on my lap, and I was like, "This is the game I got to play in school," and they weren't like, like bagging on it. You know, it's 1986. It's like very pixelated. Um, but they were like, this is actually really cool because you, you have like your little person and you're going in a cave and little spiders drop down. And you have to jump over them and then the wizard comes and it gives you a word and you have to spell it. It's just, it's so neat. It and does sound fun, actually. I'm very, one of these days, Um, I if I win the lottery, I won't tell anyone. There will be signs because I will have a Commodore 64 <laughs> in this game. Um. But yeah, it made me really happy. You were the first person I told. I was like, I have to I have it's an to tell honor, Brienne. pleasure.
1: I get it completely. I had this um song that I knew in like two thousand eight and I loved it and it was important to me and informative to my life, and then I could not find it. Um and I did like late night can't sleep deep dive rabbit holes on this, like once a year for ten Same. plus years. Yeah. And then it, I finally fucking found it earlier this year. It, I'd be like, I'm never gonna find this. Like, I need to give up. This is this is a wild goose chase. And I would drop it for a year, and then you know, devote three hours of my life one day to trying to find it, and then drop it for a year. And I finally found it, and I've been chasing that high ever since.
0: Yeah. See, you can't give up. Never give no, up.
1: Never give up. That's that's the message.
0: <laughs> Mark safe. Inspirational At the cost podcast. of your own
1: mental health, never drop it. <laughs>
0: Oh uh, well, that was awesome. Well, that
1: was a hell of an episode.
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's get some. Let's go through people's garbages and get some DNA samples.
1: You know what, Bet. Yeah, it's it's the season of justice. It can be the season of putting this to rest as well. Yes, absolutely. Yes. All yeah. right. Well, I guess until next time. Sweet dreams or no dreams. Sweet dreams
0: or no dreams. <laughs> Hey, horrible goals. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal MarkSafe moment, you can send it to us at marksafepodcast at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe and tell your buddies about us too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our MarkSafe Patreon page where we have shout outs, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again. And as always, stay safe.